Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Psst. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come join our Discord. The Mixing Music Discord server is filled with tons of awesome information and people. People that can help you out and information that can help you grow your business and to help you improve your mixes. So come join us and find the invitation link at mixingmusicpodcast.com. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Live, Laugh, Lou. I'm so dead inside and I can't laugh. <laughs> Just kidding, I can't. Okay, well, welcome, welcome to this dark episode of the Mixing Music Podcast. That's how we're starting the year, we're going uh, dark, dude. man. <laughs> uh, the, uh, this episode is the second batch of... Of special holiday episodes. I don't know what day this episode comes out on. Hold on, let me look it up. Uh, January something? January 2nd. I'm still vacationing. I just want y'all to know that when if you're listening to this episode on the day that it is released, I am playing so much Nintendo Switch with my kids. I have probably well-rested. I want you to assume that I'm well-fed. I want you to assume that I am cuddling like... I'm I am I'm competing to be the number one cuddling championship. Also assume that he's like fully ripped and has a six pack. Just do it. You don't have to assume that is true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't thought about it, you can assume. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I yeah, this holiday season, imagine me with a six pack in your dreams and a Santa's beard and a Santa's beard and hat. There you go. That's that's your New Year's Here to give you presents. <laughs> All right. The gift of uh, mixing tutorials. It's a, it's a good day. We're goofy on these special episodes. Today's the New Year episodes. We do this every year, and we're going to talk about goals. Um, I usually like to take the time to actually methodically and thoughtfully write goals out on a whiteboard that I hang on my wall. Um, so, I mean, because I can see my goals, let's mm-hmm. first start off with the goals that I had this year and talk about those. Um and uh, talk about the type of how I feel about them, how I accomplished them or didn't, and then uh, talk about goals that I, I'm planning on writing down for next year. Uh, is that cool? Yeah. Or do you want to go first with goals? Do you want me, Is it okay if I go? I don't mind either way. Cool. I'll just go because we've already started. This is how it happens, folks. <laughs> um, all right. So I think the number one goal of mine was to do at least one YouTube video a week. Guess what we did it? Editing, I missed last week, shoot. But I did it this year. I think there's like 50, 50 plus episodes this week, this year. Um, I said run a marathon. You did it? I, I did that three times, thrice. Um, and I stayed fit. Oh, that was the real goal was to stay fit, mm-hmm. especially because I was turning 30 this year. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, I can't. You old bitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to I I enter my 30s with a six pack. And um, indeed I did. Good. And that's not, that's, yes, but, uh, okay, anyway, um, finish content with Kyoko. Like the kids stuff? Yeah, I think the kids book. I didn't write a kids book this year. Frick. Oh, I didn't write a kids book this year. Did it come out? Oh, it came out for Christmas last year? Yeah. Save a specific amount of money, which we did. Um, and then the last one was a bonus goal, which was go skydiving, which I did not do. Yeah. But that was a bonus goal. I added that one later. I feel really good about this year. I feel like, uh, more importantly, there's a lot of things that aren't on that list that I accomplished. I feel like um, through weekly therapy, through intensive uh, um, self-care and continued persistence uh, in the pursuit of happiness, I feel like I actually like learned to be, I'm learning to be happy and okay with myself this year. Um, I uh, I've discovered that I suffer subconsciously deeply from uh, like feeling inferior mm-hmm. and never feeling like I'm enough. Um, 
which, and I'm learning to harness that power. So not to avoid it and not to remove it, but to harness it um, and to use that as a source for, to be courageous, courageous and to move forward. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and acknowledge it, be okay with it basically. And I'm, I'm learning that. And I think I'm like actually really coming a long way. That's something that I didn't write down on my goal, but I think that's the thing that I'm most proud of. Like, yeah. honestly, running a marathon was cool, but that's only like cool for like a day or two. Um, yeah. It's mostly like, I like that I became the type of person who can train to run a marathon. Yeah. I think the, the idea behind like, okay, I ran the marathon. That was cool. I think it's just more a confirmation of what you're doing. If anything, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I hit this metric and now you're kind of like thinking, well, now that that metric's done, it's either I move on to the next metric or what, like, what is, what is the current point? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's gotta what? be more than just a sim, the singular metric. Yeah. So for that, that anyway, so I want to ask you what, what some of your goals were this year, if you accomplished them or did uh, any reflections on them. I kind of accomplished three good ones and one personal one. Uh, the personal one I think was kind of like the biggest one, which is, uh, and this is going to sound bad, but it, I think there's necessary evils at all time. It's cut off anything. I really just didn't want to be involved in. Interesting. Yeah. And did you, were you able to do that? A hundred percent, 50%? Like I'd say 80%. 80%. I'd say 80%. That's still really good. Yeah. And as an end result, I, Without saying numbers, I've hit my biggest year in the last 14 years of doing this. Interesting, because usually uh, usually people fear they don't want to do that because they fear that they will lose a ton of money, right? Um, I had opportunities through relationships that I built with people that I actually did enjoy working with that, uh, you know, were fruitful opportunities that were presented. You know what I mean? Um, and I had the choice at some point this year to either continue in the path that I was or take a leap of faith. And I chose the leap of faith. Um, have you ever heard the notion? Uh, and I think this one is mentioned in Superman of all movies. Um, how do I know if I can trust you? And sometimes it's a matter of a leap of faith, not necessarily having inherent trust already built. Um, sometimes hitting your goals means you have to take a leap of faith, even if you were to hit your face flat on the ground. Yeah. And I took that leap of faith. Nice. Congrats, yeah. man. That's a big deal. Yeah. Even, if, um, even small things, even like 1% better is, is, is still better. It's still huge. So it's like the fact that you feel like you were able to eradicate 80% and feel a significant increase. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That is actually yeah. really cool. Yeah. But what is it? It's the 80-20 rule. Uh, 80% of our, our work is actually only 20% of our end product and 20% of our work is actually 80% of our income. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So eliminating that 80%, I feel like is almost like the hundred percent overall, yeah. you know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, no, as far as like other goals that were, um, in comparison, I feel easier to hit was, uh, honestly like going to the gym four days a week for a year straight. Did you, did you go, did you start going to the gym last year? I went, I started August, 2021. Oh, so uh, it's been a few years now. No. Uh, Two years. It's been a couple Oh, years. so maybe it was 2022 then. It was 2022 then. Cause I did go earlier in the year in 2022 and I went consistently for like four months. And then I stopped going and, uh, you know, Anna kept going and I didn't. So she kept going. She kept doing cardio like five days a week. Right. And I'm just kind of sitting there at home and I'm like thinking like, damn, I'm a piece of shit. I stopped going to the gym. And don't get me wrong. Everybody has that thought when they're like, they set a goal, they start, they're doing well. And then all of a sudden they stop. Right. Um, and, you know, I got asked, like, why do you keep paying the gym membership if you're not going to go? I'm like, it's kind of a punishment to myself uh, kind of thing. Like. I should really go or else I'm just wasting money. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm going to start going. I'm going to be consistent about it. And that was about like August 2022. And uh, since then, I have had my longest streak of going no matter what, even if I don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more about like I'm uh, – and I think I told you the reasoning why. The reason wasn't to go to the gym. The reason wasn't to make the money worth it. 
um, I set a goal that had more to do with myself than it did the metric. And I think that's ultimately what made it work, which is, uh, and I think I told you before, the reason I go to the gym is not because I want to look fit or have a six pack or anything. I do like the end results, but the end results are not what I'm after. And it's the only thing that's going to keep me motivated because as soon as I assign a metric to it, I'm not motivated anymore because I know I can hit any goal I set. The goal I had was to feel a lot more self-respect for myself because I can't ask anybody to respect me if I can't respect myself enough to take care of myself. So the goal I actually hit was consistency. There you go. We, If you can tell, we are fans of James Clear, the book Atomic Habits. Yeah. Um, both winners and losers have the same goals. I love that quote. Um, yeah. It's about habits, about it's about sustainable change. Yeah. Um, even from the research, uh, from the st- research psychology uh, studied by Alfred Adler, yeah. talks about um, uh, feeling in- inferior, um, the self, like the ideals of oneself. Um, how you can't conform and how you, everybody has to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You can, you can recede into the misery of, uh, the safety, uh, the safe zone, mm-hmm. right? The comfort zone. Um, or you can choose to be okay with discomfort and be courageous, right? We, this is something yeah. that I've been touching on the last couple episodes, be courageous enough to move forward and to choose your, uh, sacrifice. Everybody yeah. has to sacrifice, so might as well do it on purpose. It's not about working out. It never mm-hmm. has been about working out. It's never been about running or running faster. Those are like tertiary, not even secondary, but tertiary objectives of mine. When I run, number one reason is to feel like I'm in control again. It's yeah. it's it's to prove to myself on a regular basis that I am in control and what I can control is enough. And most of life is things that I can't control. But as yep. long as I'm doing the things that I can't control, I'm doing them the way that I think should be right and i'm using that the feeling of inferiority as a as a the insecurity and inferiority as a way to encourage uh um self-improvement like that's the secondary goal is to is to be fit yeah <laughs> the first goal is mental health the secondary goal is to be fit the, the tertiary goal is sorry the tertiary goal is to be fit the second whatever okay i messed it up <laughs> whatever but the point is the point is yeah the point, it's not about getting fit i love that yeah, it, it has nothing to do with it. In so, fact, I have many times proven to myself where the people that I was taught by, I've been able to match or surpass even without having to match their body type. There you go. So it's it's incredibly important to, and especially with what we do, music, and this is something that we brought up a little bit last episode, it's all about sustainability and outliving yeah. all of our competitors. Like, I'm serious about yeah. that. Like, as much as that's funny, that's like dead serious. Yeah. Um, if we, you need, in order to stay in this industry and to do better in this industry, you have to invest long term. Yeah. And in order to do that, we highly, heavily focus on, um, Preservation of self. Yeah, preservation of self, choosing sustainable actions, right? Yeah. Um, and sustainable habits. I think that as we come into the new year, first off, I want to preface with this, a little bit of tangent here. Um, in psychology, usually a change in uh, setting is the best way to reorganize the mind and to reprioritize. Yep. So, for example, um, if you feel really stuck, moving is a great way to free it up. And and your the brain, for some reason, is unable to like... For example, when I moved to LA, I was able to stop biting my nails. That's something mm-hmm. I've never been able to do. But when, as soon as I moved, I was able to break a lot of bad habits. Yeah. And every time I move, I'm able to like, okay, refocus and not feel stuck. It's like, this is an opportunity for me to do better. One of the specific examples that I read that from also talks about why new year's is so good Mm -hmm. is that resolutions people have resolutions and they feel for some reason all it is it's just a new day Mm -hmm. it's the same fucking miserable cold day january 1st Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless you're in australia it's a warm day okay but uh (laughs) you know um it's just a cold day Mm -hmm. nothing's different except we as a society have decided that this is the time for change. So it's a great time to think of goals, but goals, there's a purpose to goals. Goals is more of a target. Mm -hmm. I want to be like this. The real way to self-improve is through changes in your behavior, changes in your actions, or in not a bad way, but to change what you, uh, 
idealize, like what you find ideal, like for yeah. self-improvement, right? So it's like, like, I don't, like maybe last year, like I need to be a marathon runner. And then this year mm -hmm. you're like, no, that desire is actually unhealthy. Maybe I'm just okay to run every once in a while. Yeah. Like, honestly speaking, like, um, one of the things that kind of helped me this year, remember, uh, so like the exercise factor for me wasn't about any metrics, any uh, physical physique or anything. And the funny thing is, even if you don't notice it, even if you're like, well, isn't a loose goal kind of a bad idea? There's still going to be, even if you don't recognize it right away, there's going to be people around you that actually recognize it and that might lead to other end results. So for instance, um, have you ever talked to somebody who's fit and another person that's unfit? Not not saying fat or anything, just fit and unfit. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, How are you yeah. going? No, 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 Where's this going? Because that's like every day. Like every yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so let me ask you this. In fact, I don't think. In fact, I don't think I, that's okay. any part of what I notice in a human at first glance. I do. Because I don't. I'm a I don't. Dick. That's interesting. I'm. I'm just gonna acknowledge. I'm a dick. I, I notice everything. I don't hold it against you. No, it's you, it's but... obvious. It's obviously something that is in your subconscious. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I don't like one of the things that I, like I'm short, but I've never in my life been insecure about being short, nor have I even thought about so, being short. But the fact can, that like, mm -hmm. so it's kind of probably the same thing. Like I, I've never thought about nose shapes either. I've never yeah. looked at someone's nose and been like, that's huge. Like, yeah, because I just don't, I've never I thought. Mean, sometimes about it. it is huge. Yeah, I mean, unless it's like cartoonish. Right. But yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's the same sort of idea. So I want, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. It's very so, reflective of something. The way I see it is this, and this is, uh, whether it be toxic or not, I don't really care because it was my motivator. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, anytime I talk to somebody, if I see you not having any sense of self-respect, I don't trust you to handle a project. I don't, Interesting. I don't trust you to handle something for someone else if you can't do it for yourself. It's kind of like, uh, who's the, there's, a, there's like local politician right now that's like, oh, I saw somewhere where it's like, a local politician is living day, living paycheck to paycheck and is in incredible amounts of debt. If he can't control his own finances, how can we expect him to control how we use our, his, our tax dollars? Yeah. That, that sort of idea, yeah. right? It's the same concept as when you give a poor person, and I'm not trying to make any kind of statements or anything, but if you give somebody who doesn't know how to handle their money a million dollars, they'll be broke in six months. That's really interesting. So I want to be clear um, – well, one, I want to bring up that it's, that's pretty generalized and it's pretty harsh, but yeah. it's not it's not necessarily wrong. It's not necessarily wrong, mainly because if you just look at it as a black and white statement, then yeah, you could you could see all the negatives in it and how that's very generalized. But if you look at it for what I'm trying to say, which is if you don't have self-control, then it's really hard for you to hit your goals. If you wanted to get mm. yourself out of debt, you need self-control and you need to have self-respect for that. So a lot of the goal setting that I did this past year, and the only reason I was able to hit them is because I started trying to take myself more seriously than I did before. Not because I didn't think I was doing good, not because I didn't hit goals. I hit uh, a, a fuck ton of goals. I still have the mentality that there's not a single goal outside of buying a house before I was 30 that I didn't hit that I set for my 10-year plan for myself. And in fact, most of them I hit years in advance. And because of that, these metric goals never really appealed to me after that because then it's like, what do you do after that? So um, you have to set a goal that actually is something where you're looking to become a person, not be somebody who has a thing. If you want a Ferrari, you have to become the type of person that owns a Ferrari, not somebody who owns a Ferrari. Anybody can own a Ferrari and still be in massive debt. And you can also own a Ferrari and not be in debt. But the difference is the type of person. Yeah. We talk a lot that, about that a lot on this episode. Um, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not about owning the Ferrari. It's about being the type. If you, well, first off, it's important to recognize if you want to own a Ferrari. Yeah. And um, to me, I think owning a Ferrari is silly. I think it's silly. That's just not a personal yeah. ideal of mine. But if yeah. it is for some reason an ideal of yours, we can argue of whether or not that's healthy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But, but if that you, is an ideal of yours, yeah. like you have to be the type of person who wants a Ferrari. Yeah. And use use that not once. Use who the, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So using that and this is just on my mind again, listening to uh, learning a lot about Adler here, like using that feeling of inferiority, insecurity as a motivator to grow. To grow. So like yeah. you said, you feel that way, so because you use that as a motivation I, to... Yeah, if I look at other people like that, why can't I hold myself accountable for the same reason? That's, yeah. if, if I'm looking at somebody and saying, um, hey, intern, you want a new opportunity, but yeah, I still see you fucking around all day long. Yeah. 
if I'm fucking around all day long and wondering why I'm not getting opportunities, then I should be held accountable on the same level as the intern. Doesn't matter how much work's been behind me. Yeah. I've let something slip at some point and that's evident in my work day. So if, uh, if you set a goal to run a marathon, then you need to be the person that trains for a marathon and actually puts in the work, actually understands the mechanics of a marathon and what you need to be prepared to handle and actually put it to practice. It's not enough to read about it and learn about it. Now you have to be about it and do it. So there's only so much reading and learning that you can do for yeah. something as simple as running. So you look at a mechanic, his hands are dirty and he says, I can change your oil. And then you look at another mechanic, his hands are perfectly clean, but he doesn't actually have a shop of his own. He's pretty new. Who do you let change your oil? Yeah, yeah that's, that's easy. Yeah. But, um, so if I were to see somebody who actually dresses themselves well, is clean, they're groomed, they dress themselves properly and they seem to have their business in order. And then there's, Somebody who's kind of running around chaotic. They're always frantic because of all the work that they have. They have a lot of work, sure, but they seem frantic. It's like, I kind of trust the person that kind of is better composed right now. Yeah. This is super interesting. I'm, I'm, um, I feel like this specifically is more of a reflection of something happening inside, Lou. Oh, no, that totally is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as long as we're opening about that, then yeah. I'm willing to continue this conversation because what we're yeah. not doing is generalizing anybody that's out of shape or anything like that. No, no, no. It's no, not this that. Is saying, this is it's, saying If you that, want to hit a goal, you have to work on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that generalization is true. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting where I'm all about personal responsibility yeah. because here's here's two realities two opposing realities mm -hmm. that you have to decide between um it's not black and white mm -hmm. it's not it's not a binary option you don't have zero or one right you've got you got two different things but you have to choose between these two realities to a certain degree right mm -hmm. you got one reality which is your life is determined by your past if you've been abused by your parents if you've been hurt by someone if yeah. you whatever and that is the reason why you are this and you are ang anxious antisocial you're just a, a, a dummy yeah. right whatever and or there's the other reality that you can choose to accept and this one is much more hard and this one this just even talking about this reality pisses people off is is the other reality that you can choose is that your past does not at all determine what your current present that that your anger your frustration your anxiety is all just a decision that you're making to prove that the past is working. Yeah. And in order to let go, so again, this is a concept where power follows the blame finger. It could be your parents' fault, but as long as you keep pointing your finger to your parents, you give they them will, the power. You give them, exactly, you yep. give them the power. So this concept, there's two realities. Are you going to play the victim? Which is awesome. It feels great if you feel, inf and this is it from the words, uh, this is from the studies of, I'm generalizing here from the psych, uh, psychological studies of Alfred Adler who is um, uh, uh, colleagues of Freud and Carl Jung? If if you if you are feeling inferior, the mm -hmm. greatest that it's it's really easy to victimize yourself and saying that I am worse off in these different ways because that's one way of showing superiority. Superiority yeah. is to. Um, <clears throat> by putting yourself in a protected class mm -hmm. and to saying those excuses. And the thing is, those the problem with that is that they're very valid. Like, yeah. for example, if you were abused by your parents, that's super valid. Like, yeah. then nobody is ever going to argue with that on that. But that's where also the poison is, yep. is that you will have less and less honest friends. And the problem is like, and the thing is, this happens all the time. Like uh, in, in Japan, there's always uh, the common problem is people that are unable to leave the house. They're called hik mm -hmm. hikikomori. Like, they, they're unable to leave the house. Like and the shut out? Yeah, like a shut-in, a shut-in, shut shut yeah. yeah. So, like, this is this happens all the time where, like, um, this is a specific uh, example from the book, um, the 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 courage to be disliked. Um, mm -hmm. This and this is a real example of the often happening in Japan. The problem with this is that if you allow, like, if I have a son that's a hikikomori, that is a shut-in, and because they're shut-in, obviously the natural reaction is for me to care a lot and to give him special attention and care, mm -hmm. right? So my son, who has Down syndrome, I could take that as a negative way and give him special attention and care. Well, he can't change his situation, so it's a little bit different. But um, this hikikomori, right? Like if my, my other son was hikikomori, then what that does is that it makes it more difficult for them to leave the house. Because if they start becoming normal and fixing their own issues, then they will no longer get the special attention that they've been wanting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's this cyclical, deep and dark thing that you cannot do to get over. So, um, yeah, with Kyo, it doesn't make sense because you can't just fix Down syndrome. Yeah. But, um, but that's I mean, a bad example. But I mean, this is, this is, sorry, I don't mean to, let me finish yeah. the thought here. Like, 
So I'm the reason why I bring this up is because if both realities, if you can choose, like if neither is necessarily 100% correct, if you can if you had to choose one, which one is more optimistic? Which yeah. one gives you the power and you the choice? And although that is fucking terrifying to most people, the one that is more hopeful, the one that can help you and motivate you to become a better person to yourself, to your family, and to those around you is the one where you take responsibility for your actions and you choose to plain, point the blame finger within and you allow yourself the room, the love, the compassion to turn those, to recognize those feelings, those inferior feelings, and use that to then slowly and surely build habits to exp- uh, to uh, power you forward. And uh, anyway, that's just something that I really love. It's not about that that choosing your sacrifice is right. This is the right way to do it. It's not about that. Both are correct. But this this side is significantly more optimistic. So if if you are hearing this and you're like really struggling, start small, even if that means waking up on time, even if you can't wake up on time, but you can start making your bed, Mm -hmm. if you start taking off your shoes, whatever you feel like you need to do, everybody's ideals are different, right? Mm -hmm. But to, to articulate your personal ideals and to slowly and surely kind of go through exposure therapy and just slowly and surely taking one bit a little bit of uh, medicine at a time, just a little bit confronting yourself. And as you are, the longer you are brutally honest with yourself. And as David Goggins would say, like check yourself in the honesty mirror or whatever he calls it. Um, and use that as motivation to do better, not as a way to give yourself an excuse to feel worse. Um, that can become the biggest power for your future. And then the reason why this is so important is because it will also impact directly your career, especially in this subjective world of art where there's no such thing as, there's no projects that are objectively better. There's no objectivity here. It's all subjectivity. And How many, so, how many Grammys are given to things you've never heard of? Boom. Boom. There you go. So it's like, if, if it's so subjective, then the one thing that is going to help you stand out in a world of subjectivity and a career of subjectivity is to be objectively more in self-control. Yeah. That, that, is, that is it. To take on responsibility. So kind of like what you were saying, I'm just building on that. I apologize. I just fucking ranted. I'm really passionate about it. Like, I think that this is a message that that is really helpful to It's the only way you're going to hit your goals, realistically adults, speaking. Yeah. like. Sorry, um, I got really passionate. I apologize. No, you're I apologize. all good. I started ranting. Yeah, because like the other thing is, um, we talked the best uh, about this on the last episode uh, about like, hey, take time to be with your family and stuff. Uh, part of my goals this year was um, to spend time more at home. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, Why? so much so uh, because I don't want to uh, be selfish. Hmm. Why? Oh, hold on. Let's break that down. Sure. Uh, easily. Um, I've brought this up on the episodes before a couple times where I was given a choice between my career and, uh, my relationship, uh, a couple times, you know, and it wasn't like in a toxic sense. It wasn't like, choose me or your career. It was just recognition of like, dude, I'm putting in all this work and people see it. And, uh, my wife as giving as she is, you know, felt like she was one of the things holding me back. And I never intended for anybody to necessarily feel that way or to feel like they were, um, necessarily burdening my progress. So I felt like the only way you could really do that is by showing that you're serious about, you know, being there and it not being something that's impeding your career. And so I'm not saying that being home was like, I need to take a step back from work. It was like, no, this actually helped my work. Do you feel, do you feel that pursuing your career is selfish in your, in your personal life? Uh, I think it's, uh, positively selfish. I think you should be selfish about it. Like, I don't think there's a reason not to be. I think you should be selfish for the sake of your family. Would it be selfish for Anna to keep you from doing your work? To force you, to demand you to say, stop yes. doing my work? Yes. I don't think it's selfish. I, I think so, and maybe in a different way. Unless, what, what so I mean, why, not, why do we do what we do? Are we doing it just for personal gratification at the expense I of others? I think that... Okay, I'll I'll say it this way because I talked about this yesterday uh, with one of my cousins that I just met for the first time. 
Um, but my aunt had been wanting me to meet him for a long time. We just don't live near each other. But he's also an audio engineer. He's the only other audio engineer in the entire bloodline that I know of. Are you are you uh, um, doing better than him? Is he just starting off? Like what? He's, how far along his career? He is might he? be ten years younger than me, for all I know. Um, okay, I just so, met so him you're you're much further progressed in your career, significantly from the sounds of our conversation. Okay, so but um, I'm not, I'm just trying to like place gauge, yeah, yeah. gauge that. Gauge um, that Bino, we were talking about because um, you know yesterday we met at a funeral. Uh, so uh, one of our cousins died uh, recently. Oof. Yeah, so uh, he was young. No, it's all good. Um, le- but that's kind of the point of this. Life and death uh, is non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. You don't choose if you live and you don't choose if you die. I mean, you can, but that's you die nonetheless whether you choose to or not. So when they say uh, the only truths you have in life is, uh, or guaranteed things in life is uh, death and taxes or taxes and death, whatever the <laughs> fuck the saying is. Um, the point is, if that's the case, then why wouldn't you want everybody in your life to live the best life they can ever choose to be here? They, they didn't choose to be here. So why not be given the opportunity to seek and excel at what you want? Why not push them to go that hard? If you were to tell somebody, I don't want you doing that anymore, no matter how passionate you are about it, it's got to be for a really fucking good reason. So if I were to ever tell somebody, you shouldn't do that because I don't want you to, and that's the only reason, then I'm being selfish as fuck and I should not be around you. But... If you were to tell me, hey, I feel like I'm holding you back and I feel like I'm part of the issue of why you haven't been able to succeed as much, that's a very different approach. Mm. That's a selfless approach because no matter how much it hurts you, you know that it's better for the other person. So, Well, I mean, in an ideal scenario, in an ideal scenario, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have to hurt yourself at all. No, exactly. But sometimes you're blinded by how hard you're going to seeing how you affect those around you. And at that point, it's your decision what you want. And one of the things I've always believed in since I was a kid is having myself be married one day. And I want to be with somebody who can see past their own things. And I also want to be that person. So I can't ask somebody for something I'm not willing to do. So why would I want to be with somebody that's entirely selfish? And if I'm going to be entirely selfish, then that's what I'm going to end up attracting. Right? So I would rather say, you know what? If you want to go hard at this, I'm going to support you. I, I may not have to fully agree with it, but I want, you, I want to see you succeed. Because this is your life just as much as you're living as a part of mine, I'm living as a part of yours. And I would rather be a positive in your life than the one that holds you back. So do you believe that the same action can be both selfish or selfless, selfless depending on the person or the motivation? Totally. I think that's possible. I don't, I don't see why... I, couldn't be possible. So, so to feel selfish is very subjective. Mm-hmm. You could do the same thing. Yeah. Um, pulling water from the well to feed your family, pulling mm-hmm. water in the well so nobody else can get it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, um, I think it's a, I think it's a perception thing. First off, I think this is actually a really good topic that we should, we could do a whole nother episode on. This is something that I felt as well, mm-hmm. kind of combating the feeling of, of, I feel selfish for being able to do what I want to do because I feel like I'm doing it at the expense of somebody else. So let me ask you this, even with that notion in mind, would you feel the same if you were successful versus completely unsuccessful? Would it be selfish of you to excel and succeed at what you love to do, knowing that it puts food on the table with no no regards of any kind of danger behind it? I think uh, I think that because uh, at that point you would just be doing you 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 would be no, the th- so to speak man of the house and providing for your family, no matter whether it's something that you enjoy or not enjoy. You're still doing what you're supposed to do, but you get the luck of doing what you love. Yeah, I don't think it would be either. I don't think it would be either way, selfish or self selfless. Because yeah. um, whether or not I'm doing well or to do poorly, I think is unrelated. I think it's more tempting when you're doing poorly. I think it's more tempting to feel selfish mm-hmm. because then you don't know why you're doing it anymore, yeah. right? Like nobody else. I'm but doing if it, it to comes affect, at the expense of others. Yeah, I'm doing it. Oh, that's that's a, a form of psychopathy. <laughs> yeah, psychopathy. If you if, okay. if you can if you can if you can consistently 
uh, take advantage of others and not feel remorse or guilt over that, mm-hmm. um, that is by definition a form of psychopathy, which is mm-hmm. uh, psychopath. Well, That's how, yeah, to be a psychopath. Um, I hope I'm not in that category. Yeah, so so that means if you are feeling any form yeah. of guilt, um, congratulations, you're not a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to say that um, I don't think it's healthy to feel guilty pursuing what you love as long as you continue to remember why you're doing it. For example, yeah. music is something that can change our lives. It mm-hmm. changed yours. It changed mine. It saved mine. It's probably saved yeah. yours too and saved many people. Um, we've recognized the good that's come from music. So we want to give that gift to other people. Yeah. That's, that's a very long and endearing flame that burns a long time. Right. Yeah. And um, versus I'm looking for clout. Because I'm, I want to be recognized and feel superior. Yeah, that is very short burning fire, yeah. right? So that is a little bit more selfish. And I, I don't think in the past I felt like selfish because I'm doing what I like to do. I'm lucky enough to do what I wanted to do, and I'm mm-hmm. doing it well. But it always felt like at the expense of somebody else. Yeah. But if you properly have an abundance mentality, believing that there are enough jobs out there, there are enough gear, because there are. Yeah. There's there's little, but there's enough money for all of us, whoever wants to make it. Yeah. Um, then you start, then that's one of the ways that you can continue to remind yourself, this is not a selfish thing. Um, it, you can work hard and it could be a selfless thing, but there are balances on all of this. Like work, work is just one variable in a very complex uh, computation work, like compared to like family time. And you said with Anna, yeah. you know, it's time with Anna versus like working out versus reading. And there's so many things we want to do. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just really interesting because this is something that I feel like a lot of creatives that are doing decent have to go through. Mm-hmm. It's like the understanding that like sometimes we feel selfish, and that's actually. Um, I think it's healthy. I, I th- well, I mean, it's healthy to come to that conclusion, but it's not healthy to stay in that conclusion. I that's think why... I think it's I think it's healthier to get past that, to acknowledge those feelings, and to move past that. I think that's why I had the goal of spending more time at home. Yeah. Because one, it actually helped more than just being home. One, I think my, uh, aside from just my marriage, like I've been with Anna, uh, we just celebrated 13 years, uh, last month. Um, I feel like, uh, relationship wise. Sorry, that was you. late. No, you're all good. <laughs> like Patrick. Hi. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's funny. I one day want to just clip all of our laughs from all the episodes and just put them on a YouTube loop like, as like white noise for people. <laughs> it's just us laughing. Um, but, um, it's given me the opportunity to not only just spend much more time last year than I have, I would say, a few of years of our relationship in combination uh, because I dedicated myself so much to my work that it became a topic of whether continuing was beneficial or not, you know, because of that, right? So I worked so hard, I didn't really spend that much time at home and it became like a stress point. But in the last year, it's the polar opposite. It's actually become my strength. We go to the gym together four days a week. We now started adding cardio recently. Um, Not only that, but we actually go to more family events, which was something that uh, a lot of uh, her family, not that they like never saw me, but they would bring up like, man, the last time I saw you was like two months ago, you Mm -hmm. know, and they have like gatherings every other weekend. So that's quite a few gatherings you just skip, you know? Um, but because of that, I have a better relationship with not just her, but her family, my family, um, my nieces are growing up and I've gotten time to actually see them grow up and like just hang out with them, play with them once in a while. Um, I've gotten to actually dive into my hobbies more by just learning to take more time for myself, which is actually making it so that I don't burn out as bad in the work that I do. And I can actually work a bit more focused. So the whole idea of like wanting to go home started off as just wanting to be a better person to the people that are around me. And it's inevitably actually helped me build a better career. Yeah. Your ideals change. Yeah. It's just, it's just changes. Ideals changing is actually very natural. I think a healthy thing. Yeah. But the yeah. ideals before was work as much as you possibly can because there shouldn't be an, any stone unturned. But at that point, I'm just running erratically around, turning every stone, even if it shouldn't have been a stone that ever needed to be turned. 
I think you and I are very ser- similar in that sense where it's like, we both are the type of people to like, like they say, aim before you shoot. Yeah. Where we shoot like 30, 100 times before we aim once. Yeah. And then we figure out which which shot we, was we the just best. Get, was we the just get accurate. better at those random shots over time. Or or we eventually, after shooting 100 shots, we figure out, oh, this technique was the one that worked the best yeah. for us. And we, we go back to it. Yeah. Um, it's, I think that's very similar. I think that that's very natural. I think it's yeah. a very healthy thing. Um, I think the big thing that's been on my mind recently is just the idea of coping. Um, Mm-hmm. We all have things that we need to cope with, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's whether or not like to cope with it from a healthy perspective is always good. You know, to find motivation is always good. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's strange, nor is it important or desirable to be happy a hundred percent of the time with no feelings of insecurity. Yeah. I think that that is not natural. That's not normal. That's not how we were made from even a genetic <laughs> level. I would say insecurities is what motivates. Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> I mean, if you natural selection, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this book, Indistractable, I mean, you read what you, cause you read this book. Yeah. It talks yeah. about how our genetic code is not made to be happy because happiness does not make us have more children. We do not evolve from happiness. Yeah. 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 Cause if we were to pass, like the things that made us have more children was worry and things that advanced our population was worry and anxiety. These things that are very yeah. natural to us. So, um, yeah, again, the purpose of, I mean, to a, from a very animalistic point of view is like our purpose is to generate more DNA, clones <laughs> of our DNA, right? So it's like, I I think that people forget like we're not meant to be happy. That doesn't mean you can't be happy. And yeah. that means you do have to work on it. Um, maybe that'll change. Who knows? Like in the past couple centuries, we've focused on few centuries, maybe even the last millennia, we focused on trying to be happy mm-hmm. um, and maybe happier people are having more children now. So eventually happiness does become something in our genetic code and thousands Didn't of years Didn't we talk about this like a couple episodes ago about like how even the people at the highest position, the people that seemingly are succeeding the most are also some of the most stressed out people because they're taking on more and in the hopes of succeeding more. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the idea, the concept that people that are hyper successful have, hyper successful have a, uh, three things, um, insane amounts of impulse control. This is from, uh, ah, Alex freak. I forgot his name. Alex something. Anyway. Uh, Tumay. No, yeah, not Alex Tumay. <laughs> yeah. We'll just say Alex Tumay falsely quote him. Um, but the idea that, uh, every hyper successful, not successful, but hyper successful person has three things in common is extreme impulse control, being able to mm-hmm. hold off on what they want now in order to get what they want later. Delayed in, gratification. In, in delayed gratification to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, extreme amounts of insecurity, mm-hmm. like just totally, they don't think that they're doing enough. They don't think that they're doing enough at all. And then uh, extreme amount of feeling superior. So a, a, a superiority complex to a certain degree. They feel like they are inferior, but they deserve to be superior and that they can change. Mm-hmm. The, they are the ones that can change the world that they deserve through hard work, um, and through attaching yourself with other people, they can continue to um, rise in power yeah. and to show superior, dominate and show superiority over. Anyway, that's uh, that's the three things that most people have in common. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other that's I don't know where that test came from. I, I actually don't think it's like a tested thing. I think that's just Alex talking from just instinct, from his personal experience. There's also studies that show having to do lists, making your bed, waking up three hours before you wake up, exercising minimum of 30 minutes a day. Um, those four things can actually determine a millionaire, statistically speaking, to determine whether or not you'll be a millionaire more than anything else. Yeah. Um, so there's like a bunch of different studies, but the point is taking on personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the two realities that we talked about earlier, like you took, you chose the reality that I am sacrificing my family and you chose to grab a personal responsibility by the balls and do what you know you needed to do. And yeah. what you know you needed to do is very different from person to person. You yeah. may feel like you needed to spend my more, more time with family, but somebody else who's built differently, literally yeah. is with different genetic code may feel like they need to work harder yeah. or whatever. And there's no Which right. You still can do just within the time that you allotted. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's this, it's this fine balance between, um, 
right and wrong based on your own core value sets that you yeah. determine. Number one, you have to figure out what your core value system is, what your ideals are, realign them to articulate them, um, figure out what's important. Some people want kids. Some people yeah. don't. Um, it, that's not important. The point is that the important part is that you decide that you are able to articulate why yeah. for yourself. Um, that you're not lying to yourself when you create that list and then slowly bit at a time working your way um, through that list and finding little bits of improvement towards that. This crazy thing is nobody is right. There's no right way of living. There's mm -hmm. no right way. And this is a concept, uh, level six of conscious thinking that people understand. Like there's no right way of, of living or there's no culture that is dominant. There's yeah. no religion that is going to work for everybody 100% of the time. It's It's everything works differently for everyone. We understand that concept, but there's a step after that. Mm -hmm. um, and that is to articulate, take personal responsibility and doing the right thing over the course of time will bring objectively positive results. Yeah. So um, even the concept of, of what is, uh, what is, I mean, there's so many, there's even religions out there that smoking weed is like a major part of that religion. And that may be good, but not for everybody. I'm so curious. Uh, Rastafarianism. I'm just saying, I'm just or just in general. There's cultures yeah. where smoking weed is very normal, very good, LA included in that one, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, over the course of time, if you, depending on who you are and your genetic code, we don't know if it's, it's not objectively wrong or objectively good, mm -hmm. right, to have THC in your system. But if you know yourself well enough to know that this is not helping me achieve my goals, um, you need to stop, right? Yeah, you're aware of what it's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... It's more of the concept. Sorry, I'm I'm losing my train of thought here. So let me try to finish this up. Um, Self control. The seventh layer of consciousness is more of understanding that nothing is objectively true, but it can be over the course of time. For example, if you smoke weed every single day for thirty years, ever since you're fifteen years old, over the course of time, you'll recognize that that was a bad decision. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell that it was objectively bad until time takes place. Yeah. So you have to understand. You have to understand that there are things that are objectively right, but you have to first figure out what your ideals are. Mm -hmm. So maybe the ideal was, I want to be more calm and peaceful, and I want to not care. And maybe some people, rare, I don't know how rare it is. I mean, it's not my thing, so I have a hard time understanding, but some people, weed is the right way to do that. Yeah. I don't know. But it, it's only, you can only determine it through the, yeah. the course of time. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, even then, no. Um, Oh man, I think my logic was really flawed on that last little bit. I have to, I have to think about and reconsider what I just said. I'm going to think about it and come back to you on that one. But um, on that note, uh, you yeah. got, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I'm like, I, I keep doing this. I keep ranting recently. The point is with goals, with New Year's. Um, what do you want to do? We talked about this with the episode on desire. Yeah. What is it that you want to do? Do you want a career in audio? Do you want a happy family? Do you want, what is it that you want to do? Articulate that, write it down, right? I think that's the most important part of writing goals is to write it down and to properly articulate your core values. Number two, on top of that, yeah, is as you do that, you will naturally create goals, which are more uh, guidelines. Mm -hmm. This is determining what I want, but goals are not what Winners and losers have the same goals. Goals are not what help you become better. It is your day-to-day -day actions, your I, um, the changes in your behavior, the, the sacrifice that it takes to go through the mist of discomfort for self-improvement, um, and to uh, have the courage to step away from, I keep saying this, have the, because it's so profound to me, have, having the courage to step away from the misery of the comfort zone. Yeah. Um, so that is just something that we continue to push. We will continue to teach. We're all wrong, but this is the way that I choose to be wrong. And, um, I think that that's important and you need to, the point, important part is we're all wrong. So you need to, you as the listener, whoever this is, you need to choose the way that you want to be wrong. I know that's going to fly over some people, but I promise you just take a moment to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no right way to raise a child. Every There's child no is right different. There's no right way to live. There's no right way of anything. I mean, there's a right way to consume water. Yeah. But it is but it is also not right to forever believe that you have to you have to decide for yourself what is right. That's the next yep. level. In a world where nothing is objectively right, you yourself have to choose what is right. Yeah. A lot of people fall into the into the notion of like, well, I was raised this way, so this is kind of culture for us. It's like that cool, but you could choose your culture the same yeah. way you could choose your family. 
It's all right. And that takes time and that takes deal- coping and dealing with yourself and potentially years of therapy, which I yeah. always highly recommend for whoever. Um, and on that, this is a, this has ended up being, um, I don't know. I feel like this was. It's more of an episode talking about the importance of focusing on yourself when it comes to goals. It's not about the end number. It's not about the material. It's not about anything that you have to wear during. It's literally about self. If you want to hit your goals this year, one of the things I can suggest, which kind of helped me out, was create an avatar. The right avatar that you actually see of yourself and then an avatar of the one that you actually want to be. And it explained what it is that the other avatar is. You can put a Ferrari if you'd like, but you have to explain what it is that's going to get you there. And you have to be more focused, not on the end result, but more on what the progression is. If the avatar you created is somebody who's fit and somebody who's fit goes to the gym four days a week, your goal is not to be fit. Your goal is to go to the gym four days a week. Even if it's for 30 minutes the first day and the second day and the third day, just a consistent of showing up. You can expand over time, but you have to break down who it is you're trying to be and what that person does on a day-to-day basis and match that. Yeah. Lou, is there anything else that you want to say before the end of this? I think... Um, I can't wait for the end of this year. Yeah. At the end of 2024 specifically. Oh, really? Yeah. How come? Because I look forward to whoever I become. Ooh, that was sweet. That was very sweet. Fuck you. <laughs> That's one part that's not going to change. Always breaking the modes. Uh, (laughs) I do hope that we're all wrong. We're all stupid. I'm very stupid as well. We're all kind of... Sorry. Sometimes I feel stupid. I am not stupid. Sometimes I feel stupid. And um, the thing is, the point of this, all of this, is not to assert dominance, to assert any sort of power. To prove it's, yourself it's, as cool. Yeah, I'm are literally what we want for this is for y'all to leave this episode feeling very empowered to continue to pursue what you originally thought was right. Yeah. Um, we hope you find the courage to continue to do that. And we hope that we are able to empower you to to work hard, to do what is right. And metaphorically, to make your bed in the morning. Yeah. Um, Whatever that means to you, right? Um, And I know that you can do it. Um, I I I just I I'm in a I'm in a mood recently where like I I have this weird amount of I'm very optimistic again recently. That's good. And I think that realizing recognize that the power has always been within you is so strong Um, and i hope that everybody that's listening can feel that at least feel my sincere passion around it um this is a quote i love the the transference of passion being around passionate people is enlightenment i hope that you are feeling very enlightened oh yeah i hope that um We've been able to help you in some way, and we are excited to spend another year, another 52 episodes minimum of this weekly free stuff, plus the two other episodes, three other, two other episodes that we release every single, every single week through mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive with the exclusive episodes. We hope that we will thank you for another beautiful 2023, and we hope to spend another beautiful year with you uh, from your lovely co, from your lovely hosts, DK and Lou. And on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Happy New Year's. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.